welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castro. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, happy Friday. How are you? Adam, good. We are uh, we are two days into Mercury being into, retro- into retrograde, and I can say the last 48 hours have been absolutely superb, thanks to Mercury and its hapless splendor. We're doing really good. You it's know, been something. It's, it's Friday, thank goodness. And uh, yeah, we have a lot to uh, a lot to talk about in terms of uh, this week because it is it's turning into a doozy before it even starts. And my 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 fear is that we're going to be coming into every week now for the rest of time where there is a game under threat because now we've I think we are we are fully at like three games in a row, three weeks in a row, excuse me, of games being under threat. So I mean, I'm just we I'm just have- getting used to it. We already have two uh, Monday Night Football games again. Well, not again, but we already have two Monday Night Football games for the uh, second time in four weeks. Yeah. So crazy stuff. I mean, it reminds me of the Lord of the Ring, the Ro- Lord of the Rings quote, which is, uh, and so it begins. That's beautiful. So, yeah, that's beautiful. That's, 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 that's poetry. It's the only one that actually applies to the situation. So it's truly poetic, Adam. Uh, so for the news, Let's talk about something that's actually pretty interesting as far as fantasy is concerned, because this has potential ramifications for a running back that a lot of people, against our better advice, drafted in the first round. And that, oh, yes, breaking news. Yep. Uh, so we did not even get into this yet, but the two games that were under threat, the Falcons and Vikings, along with the Colts Bengals, we do have an update on one of them. It is the Colts and the Bengals, and the reports that are coming out of Indianapolis is the tests that they had gotten this morning have been deemed false positives, and the game is on. Thank God. Well, that was like last Friday with Correct. The, with the Jets. Correct. Where they had a false positive. Yep. So. So you could take you could take that game off the list. Well, thank God. Thank God that uh, everybody's all right there in in Indianapolis. So anyway, like I was saying, uh, this move that has ramifications for a running back that a lot of people people drafted against our advice in the first round, and that is Le'Veon Bell signing in Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is actually a really, really nice signing for Kansas City. This is where I, I wanted Leonard Fournette to go when he was, uh, when he was released because that would have been that would have been like a crazy team also. But now, Patrick Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. And then when Sammy Watkins comes back, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman. This team has such big depth of weapons. It's like it's an allegory for income inequality. The rich get richer. I mean, seriously, it's crazy. I have a lot of thoughts about this actually because I, I've really been sitting on this now um, since the signing happened. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's gonna what's it gonna look like in Kansas City now. Adam, I just have a, I have a question for you. If no, no I'm not hit, looking forward to November first. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's probably gonna score, but that's that's not the question that I'm asking. If I had told you uh, about a month and a half ago give or take, month and a half, that Clyde Edwards-Alaire would have Le'Veon Bell 
on his tail. Would you have drafted Clyde Rizzolaire in the first round? I know you wouldn't have have at all, but if you were a Clyde Rizzolaire fan and you knew that Le'Veon Bell would be on his tail, would you have drafted him in the first round? Well, I'm going to... The implications of that is that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was drafted by the Jets. I probably wouldn't have drafted him because Adam Gaze would be in charge of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's development and he would have crashed and burned. But in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I would not have drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where a lot of people would have drafted him. You look at his red zone numbers, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they have been dreadful. I, I, the first game, I was like, this guy does not know how to score from inside the five. No, no. And you're looking at now, if he's a guy that was getting 20, 25 touches a game before, before Le'Veon Bell came into town, right? And Le'Veon Bell is not going to play Monday because of the, five-day testing protocol that has to happen with new signings and acquisitions and, and so on and so forth. So Le'Veon Bell is is out for Monday night. So Clyde Rosalero will be the guy in that backfield again. But when you're talking about a guy that let's just go through his touch count for a second. Had 25 touches week one. Week two, 16. Week three, 25. Week four, 19. Week five, 13. Do you see a problem, Adam? Or, or, or am I am I just ob- oblivious because of my Clyde Edwards-Alaire disdain, I guess, you know, with him being a first-round pick when he really was no more than a third-round pick, honestly. It, am I blinded by the fact that those numbers are just so incredibly inconsistent where I don't, I don't know why people are not talking about him more as a potential bust. I I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, what what makes him so special that he's above everybody else, the guys that aren't necessarily performing because he's not either. Yeah. If you had to make a line graph out of these touches, it would look like an EKG. Yes, it would. Um, frankly, I think this is one of those things where if you look at his average yards per carry, it's been it's been more consistent. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry in week one, 3.8 in week two, 3.2 in week three, and then 4.0 flat uh, in weeks four and five. But ever since week one, the man hasn't gotten into the end zone and that's a problem. Here's my comparison here. And I'm going to talk about a guy that I love and that's Joe Mixon who everyone has been talking about as a bust. Joe Mixon, every single game so far has gotten at least 16 carries and you sprinkle in the receptions that he gets. He also has three touchdowns on the year and I understand that they've come in one game. I get that. But how can you say that Joe Mixon is a bust? And I'm not saying that, you know, you don't have a case because you, you you absolutely do. But how can you say that he's a bust and Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't? When the numbers for Joe Mixon have been better. 
the, the numbers have been better for Joe Mixon. So it's I don't true. know. I don't know why we can talk about one guy being a bust and this other guy who, yes, is in a great situation. Yes, he's in the best offense in football, but I just don't understand why we're not calling Clyde Edwards-Alaire a potential bust because he's not been good. And some things that are out of his control, absolutely. The red zone touches, you you can't control that. He just has not been relied upon in the red zone. But he's not getting the work. And if you're not getting the work as a first-round running back, you're useless. You're you are useless. If so f- yeah. If you're a first round fantasy pick or a second round fantasy pick or a third round fantasy pick and you can't get into the end zone, then what's the point? Right. You're basically banking and hoping that Clyde Edwards Alaire scores on a long touchdown, which is exactly what he did against Houston. It's exactly what he did. He scored on a long touchdown, and that was that. But if you're talking inside the five when he's been on the field and, you know, you're a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner and you're saying to yourself, oh, you know, I'm hoping he scores here. I'm telling you, it's probably not going to happen. But we've we've just gone on a tangent now with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I want to talk about Le'Veon Bell. What I think Le'Veon Bell is, I think that he's going to get every opportunity in the world to win this job. I, I, me personally, I, I think he is going to get that chance. Does he? I'm not so sure. But I think at the least... Le'Veon Bell is a guy that'll probably get you to start. He'll probably get you around 10 touches a game. And I think he turns into their immediate red zone guy. I agree. I really do. So I think Le'Veon Bell does have value. I mean, you don't bring in a guy like that, like a big name that knows how to score. He's been in the league for a long time. If you don't, if this is not just like a vote of confidence for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think they, they, they're going to, they're going to, kind of fluff it as a way to compliment Clyde Rizalaire, but anybody who owns him has got to just be, they got, they got, they have to be nervous. I would be, I, I don't own him anywhere, but I, I would be nervous. I mean, Le'Veon Bell succeeds with a good, with a really good offensive line. He plays his best football with an incredible offensive line. And the chiefs have one of the best offensive lines in football. Yes, they do. I just want that's 100% correct, which is why I think it may. This is why the signing makes the most sense. Yeah, because going to Miami, he would have been in like a, you know, similar sort of situation. I think maybe a little bit better. I, I agree with you. It's it's really hard to disagree, but I think you're 100% right. Um, Buffalo would have been a good would have been a good uh, landing spot also. But that would have been that would have really crowded the backfield also with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. But yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Adam, mm-hmm. because I think this is one that before we move on that I think we need to talk about. As of right now, would you be keeping or would you be trading Le'Veon Bell? I'd be keeping him. Interesting. This is a this is like a reward. I don't know. I think at this point, you see, I think it depends on what you get, what you're getting for him. Well, it depends on where you are also, standings-wise. Put it this way. I mean, you have to treat this like Le'Veon Bell's not going to play this week, so you're not going to be able to just flip him for a guy that's on bye. He's not. Because odds yeah. are, he's he, yeah, he's not playing this week. So he he essentially will have two buys. Um, 
But if you can get, I think if you could turn Le'Veon Bell into Julio, do it. Well, yeah, I think I if mean, you could I'd be turn, shocked even, if somebody would do that. I would be shocked someone could, would do it too. I would even say if, if someone is nervous about Amari Cooper and you could potentially turn Le'Veon Bell into Amari Cooper, I would do it. Or even like a lesser version, you could turn Le'Veon Bell into CeeDee Lamb. Absolutely do it. I mean, would somebody be able to turn Le'Veon Bell into Michael Thomas? No. No. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, I would even say on a, on a running back front, I mean, if you could turn Le'Veon Bell into someone like, oh, someone like a, if you could turn Le'Veon Bell into David Johnson, that would be pretty good. Why did I know that you, I feel like you were going to mention David Johnson. I have no idea why. It's probably because I was looking, looking at his stat line. Well, I was just thinking about a guy, it's like, a, like an RB2 sort of level running back. Yeah. And I think David Johnson is that to a T. Like a David Johnson, like a Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, those kind of guys can really, really, I think if you can get them, you'd be doing your, your team a pretty good service by by bringing one of those guys in. But if you want to wait and see with Le'Veon Bell, because guess what? If Le'Veon Bell has first game in Kansas City, he is a huge game. Le'Veon Bell's value is going to go through the roof. And then yeah. you could probably go get a use Le'Veon Bell to go get a, go get a Michael Thomas. You can use a Le'Veon Bell to go pick up an RB one ish sort of running back like a Joe Mixon or maybe a Nick Chubb. Or if the Dalvin Cook owner is struggling, maybe you can turn Le'Veon Bell into Dalvin Cook, which would be it would be ridiculous. But if you it could, would be if you could work that out, I mean, good for you. Well, I think this is one of those things where. If you have good running back depth, then and you can you can last for two weeks, and and it wouldn't like take a shot to your to your team's overall standing, then I would hold on to him just because that upside's there. But if you're in a if you're in a pickle, you're like one and four, two and three, and you need reinforcements real quick, then I think that you could probably. Figure out a way to get some pieces for for Le'Veon Bell, but really, it's kind of on a case by case basis. I can't really make a definitive blanket statement on that because of where we are in the fantasy season. Yeah, you need Le'Veon Bell to pan out really quick for Kansas City to be able to flip him for something of value. Mm-hmm. Because if he's just if he's just a backup running back for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, then Le'Veon Bell will have no value. But I don't think he's going to be that. No, I would be shocked if Kansas City would bring him in. Just yeah, and, and before we move on, Adam, like you said, you don't bring in a guy like Le'Veon Bell for him to just be a backup. Yeah. You, you bring him in to compete for touches and get potentially high leverage touches as well. We already had an update on the uh, Indianapolis and Cleveland. I mean, uh, Indianapolis and Cincinnati game where it looks like that game is going to be going ahead as as usual. Thank goodness, um, because you never want to have something like this happen. So the only other game that's kind of in jeopardy is the uh, the Minnesota Vikings game. And what are you hearing about that? As of right now, all quiet on the Western front for the uh, Falcons and Vikings game. Um, but it's more of a wait and see right now as they continue to test uh, the Falcons. And... We, of course, pray that there are no more uh, positive tests there. And um, I mean, the Falcons reopened their facility, actually. 
Okay. Today, this morning. This is All right. So that's a that's a positive that's a positive sign. But um, it was for the positive test was for a personnel official, not a player. Okay. All right. So, so that's a that's a that's a good sign. I think everyone's going to be tested once, twice, three times over, and you know it's a wait and see. It's a wait yeah. and see. But I would be, I would be, you know, having some backup plans ready to go in case that um, that game does not go down. Yeah. No. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're a commissioner, I would definitely be going out and making sure that um, you are taking designated players for uh from other managers in your league just in case yeah because yes. if you have just if you start case. alexander madison and the game doesn't go on then you gotta you gotta have a backup well i have a team that's one and four that i blew my entire fab budget on just to get alexander madison so i need alexander madison to play i need that game to happen yeah Anyway, so let's move on to the games, shall we? Sunday's games. There was no review. There was no Thursday Night Football. It was kind of nice, actually. Oh, it was lovely. You had to just relax. Are you kidding? I hate I See, Adam, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm pretty sure you do. I hate Thursday Night Football with every fiber of my being. I agree with you. It's It's terrible. awful. It's not only terrible for, for the fans, because it's like, who the hell wants to watch football on a Thursday night when it's usually two shitty teams playing? Right. Well, but the also, game this week that we were robbed of was the Chiefs and the Bills, which would have been the best Thursday football game of the year. Yeah. But also, it's terrible for the players because uh, of the short turnaround. And especially with uh, everything that's going on in the, in the climate of the world, it's, it's crazy that this is still happening. It's yeah. absolutely unbelievable that this is still happening. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, I'm not crazy about it at all. And also, I mean, in a way for fantasy, it's kind of nice just to have like, you're going into the weekend knowing, oh, I'm already up like 30 points because of Thursday. But I mean, the cost of that is, is not worth it in my mind. Thursday night football sucks. It sucks. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have happened, but you know, should be banned. Money it should be canceled. Thursday night football. It's all about the money with Thursday night football. Alrighty, so let's talk about a game that should have been played last week, and that'll be our first preview. And that is the Broncos and the Patriots. And so, very interesting stuff coming out of uh, Denver's camp, where you're talking about um, the Melvin Gordon situation. He practiced fully on Thursday. And after not being at the at the facility on Wednesday when the Broncos were looking into the whole situation, and I think Vic Fangio was basically he fell just short of saying, "May God have mercy on your soul," because he was because <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, "We'll let the people at the the people at the NFL the suspension that he's going to get from the NFL is probably worse than any punishment that we can give him right now." So, yeah, it looks like he's. Maybe playing, maybe he'll be suspended. That's worth monitoring. As of right now, I'm hearing that he's going to be active. So, yeah. So it looks like Melvin Melvin Gordon's got to play. But of course, as you probably should have had already, the Melvin Gordon owner, you should have Philip Lindsay as your handcuff because that is basically a 50-50 timeshare and or even a 60-40 timeshare, really. 
And so you shouldn't be too worried whether it just depends on which player you're putting in your lineup, if any, because honestly, this Patriots defense is tough. And I don't know what's really going to, what, how successful either Melvin Gordon or Phil Lindsay is going to be against New England. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tempting to want to play Melvin Gordon against New England. But again, like you said, Adam, I don't know how successful they're going to be. Um, for the injury reports, uh, Noah Fant is the, big, is the big name on the injury report. Uh, let's see here. He was a limited art participant in Thursday's practice. And, I mean, with the ankle injury, I know that uh, you said that he might be out for a bit with that ankle that he suffered on uh, on Thursday two Thursdays ago in the uh, in the Jets game. So yeah, I believe uh, Vic Fangio said that uh, Noah Fant right now is a true 50-50 to play on Sunday. Yeah. So, well there you go. And so let's go to the startometer. Drew Locke will be playing this week. So where is Drew Locke on your startometer? Uh kind of like a 3. Okay. And this is the this is the tough one. It's Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay. Whoever the starter is for Denver, five. Okay. And then what about the backup? Royce Freeman? No, 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 no. I mean, oh, like, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. I see what you're yes. saying. Whomever, oh, um, whoever's that, that I guess the literal handcuff in this situation. One. Yeah, okay. One. So Melvin Gordon in uh, these fantasy pros rankings where we like to comparison shop, he's a re- he's a, just inside the top 25. He's around Miles Gaskin, Darrell Henderson, Devontae Freeman, and Chase Edmonds. Jeez. So I don't even have my, Melvin Gordon that high. He he's at my he's my RB twenty eight for this week. Yeah. I just want no part. No, I I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you because I don't know what the heck's going to be going on with this. Yeah, and even even if Philip Lindsay's the guy, um, I would not be putting Philip Lindsay inside my top 25 at all. He would not be close. Well, this is like what happened, uh, I think, last week where Terry McLaurin was in like the top 15 for P- PPR wide receivers. It was very, very strange. Yeah, and how'd that turn out? Yeah, how did that turn out indeed? Listen to us, kids. Heard one, Basement Talk Podcast, Fantasy Show 1, Fantasy Bros. Nail. Uh, it almost sounds like you're Jeff Shreves on uh, Soccer Saturday reading out the scores. Don't you dare make me bring out the character. <laughs> this is this is not a waiver show. Oh, it's true. Uh, Jerry Judy. Hmm. Four. Okay. Where is Jerry Judy around here anyway? Probably quite he, low. Yeah, he's in the top 40. Debo Samuel, Brennan Ayuk. Golden Tate, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk. I have him. Yeah, I have him right at my uh, wide receiver 38. That is just, exactly just inside the top 40. It's exactly where Fancy Pros has him. So there you go. Oh, wow. Basement Talk Podcast, Fancy Show 1. Fancy Pros 1. <laughs> Never. And uh, Tim Patrick. Yeah, like, he's like Judy four. Okay. And then, so if Noah Fan plays, where do you have him? 
I would put it as like a seven. Okay. I would put it as a seven just because I think the the Broncos are going to be down pretty big in this game and they're going to have to throw the ball. And if Drew Locke is the guy, he's going to want to throw to no fan. So I, I like him a lot this week. So yep. seven. It's the only thing you can learn from Joe Flacco is always throw to your tight ends. True. True. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is owed a lot of money from uh, from Dennis Pitta. Yeah. Considering Joe Flacco gave Dennis Pitta a career. Dennis Pitta, Todd Heap. Todd Heap, yes. Yeah. For the New England Patriots, their injury report is actually kind of small compared to everybody else. I guess it's because oh. they had multiple weeks joy, joy. to recover. Uh, basically, it's Julian Edelman as far as the fantasy-relevant players are, are concerned. Julian Edelman yep. with the knee, limited, but that's probably a he's gonna fly. Better, better in maintenance. Yep, is what that he's, is. He's going to play. He'll be fine. Yeah. So your startometer. meter it looks like Cam Newton's going to be starting also. Yeah, he's not on the injury report. He is all systems go. So where is Cam Newton? Uh, seven. All right. So then it's going to be James White and Rex Burkhead for uh, Patriots. Uh, James White, I have inside my top 30. So I would say he's like a five. Um, Burkhead, I would put him at a four. Four. Damien Harris, I would throw in there too. Damien Harris is like a four. Also. I was going to say, I think Damien Harris is on some rankings, he's ranked higher than Burkhead. So, um, yeah. And then for the receivers, uh, Julian Edelman, who looks like he's going to be playing. Yeah, Edelman's like a six. Okay. And then Nikhil Harry. Uh, four. All righty. And then the tight ends, are you really worrying about the uh, tight ends for New England? Ryan Izzo? Nope. Matt Lacoste? No, 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 no. I don't think Matt Lacoste is even playing. I think he opted out. So, anyway, let's move on to our next game. And that is a rivalry as old as time. The Browns and the Steelers. They've been playing forever. For the injury report for the Browns, it's kind of extensive. Kind of. Kind of. It's very extensive. It's like half the page. Uh, Jarvis Landry was spotted on the field at Friday's practice, which is good. He has a, a rib injury and a hip injury. And so may it's worth noting whether or not he's going to be playing, whether he's active or not. I mean, you never know. I don't know. I think the fact of the matter is Jarvis Landry has been playing through injuries throughout this entire season. And it looks like this might be no different, but you never know. Cause that rib injury is new. Cause he's the hip injury is, is noted because he had surgery for it over the off season, but the rib injury might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, I think that that rib injury came about last week when he exited the game for a little bit, then came back. So that could be from last week. So it's, it's something to monitor. Um, but I even think in this matchup, he's better off on your bench, quite frankly. Yeah. He's only had 10-plus fantasy points in two of five in PPR scoring. So in non-PPR, it's even worse. So he's just better off on your bench right now. It's true. And that's even if Odell Beckham Jr. 
uh, doesn't play in this game either because he was sent home yesterday with an illness, non-COVID related. I'll say that. He yeah. tested negative for COVID-19, but he will not return to the, fi- the facility on Friday due to the uh, protocols. Yep. So, uh, I, I don't know. I guess with that sort of thing, he might be a game time decision just to see how he's feeling uh, on Sunday. But with the, it does it, it, it's unknown what the illness is. So it, it's unknown what exactly is really ailing him that could, uh, that could take him out of uh, Sunday's game. So it's worth monitoring on that. And then the last big thing, well, actually there too, because it's Kareem Hunt with the thigh. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. And uh, Baker Mayfield was limited in practice on Thursday. Yeah, I think Baker and, and Hunt will both be in. All righty. So start or sit your startometer. Baker Mayfield. Three. Kareem Hunt. Eight. Ernest Johnson. Four. Oda Beckham. If he plays, yeah, seven. Jarvis Landry. If he plays, two. Austin Hooper. If Odell and Landry play, five. If both of them don't play and Baker Mayfield plays, seven. Who is the Browns' backup quarterback anyway? I feel, like I, know, I feel like I should know this for some reason. It's Case Keenum. Oh. So there you go. What do you know? Let's move on to Pittsburgh. And the only player worth mentioning on the injury report for the Steelers is Deontay Johnson. Who would have thought? I've never, I've never seen this before. Every element in the book. Deontay Johnson, uh, that back injury that you talked about on the, uh, on the review show that he suffered last week, he was, uh, so he's limited on Thursday um, so I don't know if he, if he comes out again, I mean, this, this could be a big, uh, another big week for uh, chase Claypool. It's tough to trust him. It's tough to trust him. If he's dealing with, if he's dealing with all these elements. So, um, he might be better off on your bench for a week. It's true. You gotta have him. It, it's true though. It's, it's very true. So as far as the starting meter is concerned, Ben Roethlisberger. Nine. James Conner. Nine. Mm, is Benny Snell worth it? Worth mm, no. at? Only no, I'm having I'm having real questions as to whether or not Benny Snell is a true handcuff here, whether it's Anthony McFarland. Yeah, it's true though. It's very true. Yeah, there's two guys that they are hoping could potentially take over in case anything happens to James Conner. But I'm only riding the Benny Snell train that he's the handcuff just because he was the guy week one when Connor went out. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that's really, as far as player rankings, you know, that's who's ranked higher. Right. And, you know, it's also Anthony McFarlane, Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels. who's right. also Jalen, Jalen Samuels has been very much out of the picture now for a little bit. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Eight. 
Chase Claypool, the aforementioned. I mean, if you pick them up, you're probably going to start him. I would probably say he's like a seven. I mean, if you spend a lot of money on him, he spends a pretty penny on him. I'm sure you, you got to think about starting him because of course. at this point, of course. Yeah. He's in the, uh, the fantasy pros rankings. He's around Jameson Crowder, LaVisca Cheneau, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, and it's a big week for wide receivers on bye where you have Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. All those guys are on bye. So odds are a lot of teams are struggling for receiver help right now. And if you're one of those teams that had any of those receivers and you just picked up Chase Claypool, I doubt you're going to be sitting him for this week. I'm just hoping that we did not see the best game of Chase Claypool's career because that it is entirely possible that we just did. Right. For the tight ends, Eric Ebron. I like Ebron a lot this week. I would say six. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't really talk. I mean, do you have a starter meter rating for Deontay Johnson in case he plays? Five. Okay. Let's move on to the Bengals and the Colts. Uh, this game that was almost in jeopardy, but thankfully is not. Thankfully. Oh, boy. All right. So for the Bengals, as far as the injury report is concerned, I wonder, oh, it's A.J. Green. Who would have thought? A.J. Green with a hamstring injury, limited in Thursday's practice. I've never seen this before in my entire life. God. Uh, Gio, Gio Bernard with a groin was limited in Thursday's practice, and Auden Tate did not participate in Wednesday's practice. But really the big name on the injury report for the Bengals is A.J. Green. And, I mean, the Bengals do have a multitude of weapons now. It's not just A.J. Green that they're relying on, but it is, it's sad to see that he's, uh, he's once again on the injury report and in jeopardy of not playing on Sunday. So, as far as the starter meter is concerned, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I, I don't like this matchup for Burrow at all. I just don't see how he gets more than 250 yards. Maybe he'll get you a touchdown in super flex or two QB leagues. But outside of that, he's probably like a three. Yeah. I'm surprised. Aren't you? I'm like so surprised. This team lost to Jacksonville in week one. Got like killed by Jacksonville in week one. Indianapolis and, did. Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, you're talking about Indianapolis as a matchup. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm like, this team got killed by Jacksonville in week one, and they've turned into one of the better defenses in the league right now. Right. So it's a long season. All right. That it is. Joe Mixon. I mean, you're starting him. I mean, this is a it's a tough matchup for, for Mixon, given that the Colts are the third best run defense in the National Football League. I, he's like a six. You're not right. setting him. You're not setting yeah. him. I mean, you're not really worrying about Gio Bernard either, even no. if he does play. No. Yeah. AJ Green, if he plays. One. Tyler Boyd. He's got a tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes, but it's not going to deter me from starting him. I'm going to say a seven. Would you like to comparison shop? Potentially? Sure. sure. So would you rather have Juju Smith-Schuster or Tyler Boyd? Ooh, that's a tough one. Juju, but it's close. 
Would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd. Would you rather have oh. Derry? What? Ooh. Yes. That's real. That's actually that's not as easy. Because Jefferson has a great matchup against Atlanta. Oh, that's actually really hard. You just you made it sound so easy. I would say Boyd. Yeah, I would say Boyd. But it, it, that that's not as definitive as I thought. Okay. Would you rather have Darius Slayton or Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd. That would you rather easy. have Devontae Parker or Tyler Boyd? Ooh. Parker. I'd rather have Parker also. As it <laughs> Gee, ki- I wonder why. As it killed as much as it kills me. Whatever gets Adam Gates fired the soonest. <laughs> so I don't have to be a Giants fan. <laughs> There's uh some I've like heard rumors that Adam Gates might be fired in like the first week of November. So that would be pretty exciting. I don't know why they haven't done it sooner, but you know, whatever. You would come on this podcast, I think, and you would just throw a wild party. I think if that happened, our intro song would be Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yikes. And then um, T. Higgins. Seven. Seven. Okay. I like Higgins this week. Yeah. And then I guess that's really kind of it. I mean. Drew Sample, one of the top three waiver wire ads of the week. No, I mean I'm for I mean for the wide receivers. Drew Sample. Oh yes, course. yes. Drew Sample is like a four. Okay. You just came in with all that hype, and you're just like, oh, he's a four. One of the top waiver ads of the week. He's a four. He's a four. He's a more more of a long term ad, I guess. He's a four. Okay. Hey Adam. Yeah. He's a four. He's a four. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're actually on to the Indianapolis. We just left Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. The only important player on the injury report for the Indianapolis Colts, as far as fantasy is concerned, is Mo Ali Cox, who did not practice on Thursday due to a knee issue. Oh, no. That's, yes. that's terrible. Poor Mo Ali Cox. He's a great guy. I know. Great gentleman. Great tight end. Um, yeah, I I don't know what's going on with that, whether or not he's going to play, worth monitoring, of course. But if he if he practices limited on Friday, then of course, then he's likely to at least be a game time decision, or at most be a game time decision. But if he doesn't practice on Friday, then then that's basically it for Mo Ali Cox. Yep. It's Jack Doyle all the way. So, start or sit, Philip Rivers. Uh, it's like a two. Yeah, I've really soured on Philip Rivers from a fantasy perspective. He's just not been putting it together at all. No, no. It looks like, uh, I mean, there could be a QB controversy of brewing in Indianapolis. He hasn't topped 250 yards in four straight games. And just has not been throwing touchdowns either. He's been throwing more complete passes to the opposite team than to his own team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um, it's not looking good. 
Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, Jacoby Brissett did really well last year with this team and they, they all only like just missed the playoffs. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, sh- he should be given an opportunity if rivers can't get the job done. All right. So Jonathan Taylor. 10. 10. Yeah, you He's a must like start. Yep. Naeem Hines. Uh, two. I don't think the game script is going to favor him in this one. T.Y. Hilton. I feel like I say this every week with T.Y. Hilton, but I think this has to be the week that something happens with him. Five. Do you think he's going to score? No. <laughs> no. That's such a, That was the most unconvincing five I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? I don't know. I will say, here's what I will say. If T.Y. Hilton does not perform this week, he's droppable. Yeah. You know who's, who he's around in the in the rankings? It's Chase Claypool, Michael Gallup, and Miko Harbin, and T. Higgins. The only guy I would not start over T.Y. is Miko Hardman. Okay. Everybody else I would start over T.Y. Yep. And then uh, Zach Pascal? Uh, two. And then Mo Ali Cox, if he plays. If he plays? Yeah, if he plays. Six. And then if he doesn't play, Jack Doyle? Four. And next game is Detroit at Jacksonville. Oh, boy. This game, this game has the potential to be a complete dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. I'm not a fan. Although I have no right to talk about dumpster fires. Um, as far as the Lions and the injury report is concerned, uh, Adrian Peterson, he also has an illness, kind of like Aldo Beckham Jr., undisclosed illness. They don't specify whether or not it's COVID, but um, I guess they would have put him on the list, on the reserve uh, list if it was COVID. So it's probably something unrelated. Uh, and he has returned to the to the practice facility on Friday from that illness. So it looks like he's on track to play. Yep. But still you're not you're not worrying about the uh the Detroit Lions running back room because it's it's a fucking mess. It's yeah. a it is a fucking mess and I hate it. All right. So as far as the starting meter is concerned, Matthew Stafford. Um, this has got to be the game he gets it right. Six. Yeah. You got to think, right? Yeah, six. Because his stat lines, it's better than I thought. I mean, he's only just over, he's just over a thousand uh, yards in four games, but he's thrown eight touchdowns and three picks. So it's not been terrible. For no. Matt Stafford. It, no. The volume just hasn't been there. Yes, correct. Adrian Peterson. <sighs> Five. Moving on swiftly. DeAndre Swift. I almost went to Carrion Johnson, but I ha- I saw the pun and uh, I took it. Three you. Everybody's a critic. Uh, I got nothing for the I got nothing. You're you're two. such a such a tough audience. Two. Two. Kerryon Johnson. 
One million. Your son. My son. My boy. It's like one. Sorry, carry on. I love you. <laughs> Don't forget to write. So, I mean, the interesting thing about this, so Kenny Galladay is fine now. He's off the injury report. You will be start. You will be playing this week. Yep. Yep. So there you go. He's got to be like a nine. Yeah. I'm going to put the, the crystal ball here. Kenny Galladay scores. Well, for Kenny Galladay fantasy owners, I hope they, uh, they hope you're right. I think that he's going to get into the end zone this weekend. Okay. It's for the fans. It's for the fans. For the fans. Marvin Jones Jr.? Two. All righty. You know, his dad played for the Jets. Yes. Yep. Um, and then Danny Amendola. Uh, one. All righty. And then TJ Hawkinson. Uh, this is this is a tough one for me because th- there are there are other guys that I like more than Hawkinson, but I think. The Jags are a very enticing matchup for opposing tight ends, allowing just around 14 points a matchup to opposing tight ends so far this season. So I would say Hawkinson's like a seven. Well, let me tell you who he's around okay. in the rankings. It's uh, it's Zach Ertz, Evan Oof. Ingram, and Dalton Schultz. Huh. I think the only one I'd rather have is mm, – I don't even know. Would I rather have Dalton Schultz now over TJ Hawkinson with Andy Dalton at quarterback? See, these are these are very interesting because I have in mind, I have Hawkinson above Ingram. I yes. have Hawkinson above Schultz. Okay. I do not have Hawkinson above Ebron. And the one guy that I do have above uh, Hawkinson is Robert Tanyan. Okay. The funny thing is, so this ranking, this Fancy Pros ranking, it's so from five to ten, it's Ertz, Hawkinson, Ingram, Schultz, Ebron, Tanyan. Yeah, I'd have I would have Hawkinson above Ingram. I would have Tanyan over all of them, not named Ertz. Yeah. So basically it would be. Ertz, Hawkinson, Tanyan, Ebron, Ingram, Schultz. Tanyan over Hawkinson. Oh, ta- so it would be, okay. Ertz, gotcha. Tanyan, Hawkinson, Ebron, Schultz. Okay. Is the way I, I have it. Okay. Okay, cool. All righty. So for Jacksonville. Now both of Jacksonville's star wide receivers are on the injury report. Yep. DJ uh, Chark with the ankle. He did not practice on Thursday. Um... And LaVisca Chanel with the hamstring was limited on Thursday. So I think it's more likely that Chark doesn't play just based on what I'm seeing from the practice reports and all of that. Yes. And it could be a big, bigger, bigger day for uh, LaVisca Chanel. That's to a T what I've heard that yeah. it looks like Chark is a no go and Chanel is a full go. And if Chanel is going without Chark, Oh, baby. Yeah. Because you got to have a feeling that this game is going to be a gun show. With I would two, think so. 
with two quarterbacks that love to throw the ball in uh, Minshew and Stafford. And two not-so-great defenses either. That is also true. Um, also, Tyler Eifert didn't practice on Thursday either with a, uh, with a neck problem. Roses are red, violets are blue. Tyler Eifert didn't practice Thursday. What else is new? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Thank you. I like that. Appreciate I appreciate it. Poet over here. Yeah. Where Walt, Wh- Walt Whitman just set, just shed a tear. It's because he saw that the only reason people know about his existence is because they go to a mall that's named after him. That is not true. I graduated from Walt Whitman High School. Oh, really? Shout out. That's pretty cool. Shout Love out. That. I don't know. Shout out to the guy know, Walt. I don't know who the guy my high school is named after is. It's Paul D. Schreiber. I have no idea who he is. Probably some high-level donor to the Port Washington School District. Probably also. That's the Port Washington Union Free School District to you. Oh, Union Free. Excuse me. Yeah. I can't believe it's not Union. I'm going to bring out the Jamie Carragher again for a second. That's a load of bollocks. It is. All right. I did come out. Yeah. It'd be funny if you're like, I went to a school district. It's, I can't believe it's non-union. Hey, South Huntington is, is union free too. It's, yeah. all, it's, it's, it's all a bunch of bollocks. It is all a bunch of bollocks. Uh, so where does Gardner Minshew fall on your starter meter? Uh, seven. Okie dokie. He's a top 10 play for me this week. James Robinson. He's a top five play. 10. Um, who is his handcuff? Chris Thompson? Yes. Yeah. One. Chris Thompson? Anyway. Yeah, okay. I figured you were going to say something like that. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. want to cover all the bases here. Yep. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. If Chark plays, seven. If Chark doesn't play, eight. And then DJ Chark. If he plays. If he plays, eight. Okay. Yeah. And then aforementioned Ryan at Tyler Eifert. So there you go. We have the Houston Texans going up against the undefeated Tennessee Titans. Very exciting stuff. Uh, for the Houston Texans, the only injury as far as fantasy related is concerned. It's Jordan Aikens, but that's really it. As far as that is concerned, I won't be able to give Jordan Akins a negative rating this week. Well, he's a game time decision. So. Oh, gosh darn it. Yeah. Anyway, where's Deshaun Watson rate on your starter meter? I think Deshaun Watson could have another good game this week. Um, I would say he's probably a seven. Good start. Okay. Good start. Top 10 play. David Johnson. <laughs> David Johnson. Uh, I can really hear your vocal cords straining as you're doing that. Thank you. See, I think what helps David Johnson, what helped David Johnson last week was the positive game script. I don't know if that's going to be this way this week, but I think what we really need to see from David Johnson is to see him catch more passes for him to be, relevant um and especially in ppr leagues i would say he's more of an rb2 going for the rest of the season but i think he's he's a guy whose floor is pretty safe i just don't know what his ceiling is so i would say he's a he's a seven okay 
And then Duke seven Johnson. with a solid floor. Okay, Duke Johnson. Uh, one. Okay. Will Fuller. Seven. Really? Yeah. You're uh, you're higher on Will Fuller now. Yeah, I think this I think this is a a good opportunity for uh, for Fuller to have a uh, a nice game. Okay. And then uh, Brandon Cooks. Five. I don't buy it. I don't buy what he did last week. Well, that's what you that's what we said on on Monday. So I don't blame you for for sticking with that uh, direction that you're going in because yeah. I I really don't think it's going to be the same sort of deal. No, neither do I. Okay, and then, um, you know, whatever tight ends, who cares? Uh, for Tennessee, they actually do have a tight end that we care about, and he's on the injury report. Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith. He is on the injury report. He was limited in Thursday's practice. They only started practice on practicing on Thursday because of the uh, the Tuesday night football game. So he was a limited participant in Thursday's practice with a a quadriceps injury. And AJ Brown did not practice on Thursday either, but I think that might be a maintenance sort of deal because he played um, on Tuesday with seemingly no limits, reckless abandon, scoring scoring with 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 uh, gusto. I agree. So, yeah. And that's basically it for the injuries. So for Tennessee, where does Ryan Sandhill fall on your injury or on your uh, starto meter? Six. Derek Henry. Ten. AJ Brown. Seven. The interesting thing is for Tennessee, they're really they, there's nothing else as far as receivers are concerned because Adam Humphreys and uh, Corey Davis are still on the reserve. COVID list. So is Khalif Raymond in deeper league. So I think is a good start, like a five. Yeah. And then John deeper, Smith. deeper, okay. deeper leagues. Uh Johnu eight. All right. He's a top five play for me this week. Next game. This game is going to be this game is probably going to be 13 to 3. It's, this game is either going to be 13 to 3 or it's going to be 42 to 35. And that's the Washington, the Washington football team going up against the Giants. Because seriously, though, I mean, Jesus, these defenses are fucking terrible. These offenses yeah. are fucking terrible. So, yeah. For the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins is on the injury report. I guess having a coach that doesn't like you is an injury now. Unfortunately, no. It's an illness. So he uh, he's attending meetings on Friday. Um, so it looks like he's going to be backing up Kyle Allen or even being the third string, I guess, since Alex Smith is going to be backing up Kyle Allen. Yeah, it's possible. So, yeah. For Washington, if Kyle – so Ron, Ron Rivera said that if Kyle Allen is healthy, he is the starter. Yes. We, we've established that. So mm-hmm. if Kyle Allen plays, where is he? For you uh, on the starting meter. One. 
and then Alex Smith if he if Colin cannot go. Negative seven hundred and twenty-two. It's an oddly specific number, but sure, why not? Antonio Gibson. Five. You want to go comparison shopping? Sure. For Antonio, for replacements for Antonio Gibson. Surely. So, would you rather have David Johnson or Antonio Gibson? David Johnson. Would you rather have Raheem Mostert or Antonio Gibson? Raheem Mostert. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Antonio Gibson? Kenyon Drake. Would you rather have Antonio Gibson or Devin Singletary? If Zach Moss doesn't play, Singletary. If Zach Moss plays, Gibson. Here's an interesting one. Would you rather have Antonio Gibson or Devin's or uh, Darrell Henderson? Oh. Gibson. Okay. Close. So he's like around the top 20, I guess. Uh, yeah, I have I have Gibson as my RB23. Well, considering the answers that you just gave me, that's kind of where he falls, that where he would fall in these uh, fantasy pro rankings. He's he's 18 in these fantasy pro rankings, but with all the answers that you gave for this, he would drop down to around 23, 24. Yeah, and I also have, I'm looking at my ranks right now. Um, I have Miles Gaskin also ahead of Antonio Gibson. Yeah. So there you go. And then Terry McLaurin. Five. I wonder what mental ranking they have him. Oh, they have him at 13. No. Nope. Why? I have him. I have him inside my top 24, but not like that. We also have some breaking news. Um, there's been another positive test for the Patriots. Oh, my God. <sighs> Whoopee. I hate the Patriots, and I'm still sad about this. You would not wish this on your worst enemy. Saint. You would not. You would not. That's just terrible. Hopefully yeah, no. it's a false positive. Yeah, hopefully it's a false positive. But yeah, Terry McLaurin at 13 with these fancy pro rankings. What the fuck? It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I have McLaurin inside my top 24. He's around Will Fuller, Kenny Galladay, Robbie rather Anderson. Have rather, have, rather have Anderson. Marquise Brown. Yep. CeeDee Lamb. Yep. DJ Moore. Yep. AJ Brown. Yep. Oda Beckham. Yep. You want to hear something interesting? Sure. So except for Will Fuller, all the players that I just named are below Terry McLaurin. That's crazy. Yeah. Below <laughs> Terry McLaurin. Crazy. Yeah, no. Nope, I can't get behind that one. No. Listen, I know Matthew Barry is a Washington football team fan, but even he probably wouldn't put Terry McLaurin this high up. Probably not. No. And then, I mean, Logan Thomas, a tight end. Three. Okay. And then for the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, uh, the only thing to monitor here is Darius Slayton, who is on the injury report. He was limited at Thursday's practice. 
So, um, yeah, I think he, I think he might play. And you never know. It doesn't even specify what injury caused him to be limited at Thursday's practice. So, um, yeah, I mean, unless we hear anything, anything to the contrary, it looks like he might be playing. Um, I've heard he's playing. Yeah. So there you go. Daniel Jones. Three. Devontae Freeman. Five. Devontae Freeman in these rankings is around Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, Darrell uh, Henderson, and James White. Yeah, he's in, he's of- he's inside my top thirty. He's a, he's a, he's a top thirty play. It's like a he's a middle of the road flex. Okay. Yeah. And then um, Deion Lewis. One. Yeah. Darius Slayton. I guess throwing Shepard's fine now. He's playing. Yeah, he's apparently uh, attempting to give it a go. All right. Four. Is, uh, okay. And then uh, Golden Tate. Three. Okie dokie. Uh, Evan Ingram, of course. Seven. Yeah, Evan Ingram is right, is up there. He's around. Is he outside your top 10 in tight ends? No, he's in it. Okay. He's in it, but just below uh, Hawkinson for me. Okay. I think this is the last game of the one o'clock. No, no, we have we have a couple more. So we have Baltimore and Philadelphia. And for uh, Baltimore, nothing too big, not too many big name players on the injury report. So let's just go into the starter meter. And it's Lamar Jackson. 10. Mark Ingram. Four. J.K. Dobbins. Two. Gus Edwards. Two. Marquise Brown. Six. Willie uh, Sneed? No, I take that no. back. Seven. Willie Sneed? Seven. Uh, two. Mark Andrews. Seven. The man's a target vacuum. Yeah, he he either he'll probably score this week or twice. Yeah, he he'll probably score. And then for the Eagles, it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, I mean, isn't it always? Um, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson still working their way back. He. Alshon Jeffrey is practicing with the scout team, probably not going to be playing on Sunday. Um, but Deshaun Jackson might be able to play on Sunday, actually, with the uh, with the hamstring ailment. It's possible, yeah. So, but really, it's going to be Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, again, as the top two wide receivers in uh, Philadelphia. So there we go. Carson Wentz, where is he? Negative nine hundred and seventy-five. Yep. Miles Sanders. Um. I mean, you're starting him because he's Miles Sanders. 
Five. Eagles legend, Travis Fulgham. Four. And then uh, Greg Ward. Three. Deshaun Jackson, if he plays. Two. Zach Ertz. I wish I could say one. I thought Five. you were going to say one, honestly. No. Six. Six. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this Falcons-Vikings game, if it's going to happen, as it's yep. going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we don't, you know, get caught with egg on our faces when the game does actually happen. Agreed. So for the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones with the hamstring injury was a non-participant in Thursday's injury in practice. He's listed on Thursday's injury report. It wasn't really practice because the, the because the uh, facility was closed, but it was just like an estimation. And uh, Russell Gage was also limited on the injury report, and uh, so was Hayden Hurst as well. So that's two. That's three out of the four top weapons for the Falcons that are on the injury report, limited on the injury report. So, oh boy, not looking like the Falcons are going to be getting their first win of the season with uh, Raheem Mostert. I mean, with uh, Raheem Morris as their interim head coach. So, I don't know. Big yikes. Matt Ryan, where is he on your starter meter? I like him this week. Seven. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the last couple of weeks when they've played the Bears, Packers, the Panthers as well, they're all very solid pass defenses, even the Panthers. And that's what a lot of people uh, don't realize. The Vikings are not that. And I think even even with with Julio, who may return this week, I still think I think it's a good matchup for uh, for Atlanta and for Matty Ice. Well, I think I mean, you have. Matt Ryan going up against Green Bay, who also doesn't have a great pass defense. And he just didn't do anything. Like, he didn't score. He didn't turn the ball over. He just threw for a couple hundred yards, and that was just the end of it. So yeah, I did, think, and did just enough to make me lose by point four. Yeah. Dickhead. It's unfortunate. But I think that if you have a better option, per in my opinion, I think if you have a better option, you got to look somewhere else for Matt Ryan. You got to – this is one of those things where you let him – fuck you over from the safety of your bench and just don't even bother. Mm, I mean, I, I have him, I have him just outside my top 12, but I, I mean, if you have, I would rather start Gardner Minshew for sure. I'd rather start Cam Newton. If this Patriots game is going to happen, um, I would rather start Ben Roethlisberger. I would rather start Aaron Rodgers. I would rather start Ryan Tannehill. Um, I would probably, I, I still would start Matt Ryan though, over Kirk cousins, the two quarterbacks in this game. If Teddy Bridgewater is available in your leagues, would you, uh, would you start him also over Matt Ryan? You're asking me Bridgewater or Ryan? Yeah. Ryan. Okay. Ryan. And onto the running backs, Todd Gurley. Six. Really? Where's T- Todd Gurley is around. Um, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, and Ronald Jones. Yeah, girl, he's a top 15 play for me. Okay. 
And then Brian Hill. One. Alrighty. So Julio Jones, if he plays. Eight. If he plays. And then I think if Russell Gage and Julio Jones both don't play, Calvin Ridley is like a nine. I, would I think like. Calvin Ridley is a 10. Just. Well, especially also if Hayden Hurst doesn't play either. Calvin Ridley is a 10, regardless of what happens with everybody else. Okay. He's a star. He really is. Yeah. And you, just, sure saw, you just saw with this Vikings defense, let DK Metcalf do to them. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Absolutely true. And especially if Calvin Ridley is the only player worth covering for, for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And then if Hayden Hurst plays, where is he? Uh, three. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. The only really important player of note here for fantasy is Delvin Cook. Is he playing? He's probably not playing. No. He didn't no. practice on Friday, so he's he's probably not playing. Yeah, it's he's Alexander out. Madison. Yeah. He's unofficially out. They've all but ruled him out. Yep. So, Kirk Cousins, where is he on the, on the uh, starter meter? Six. Alexander Madison. Ten. Yeah, I figured you would say that. Ten, ten, um, ten, 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 ten. Adam Thielen. Ten. Justin Jefferson. Eight. Irv Smith Jr. Three. I guess Kyle Rudolph is just not even nope. off the stratosphere. Off the stratosphere. Yep. Send him in a rocket trip to Mars. Oh boy. All right. This is actually the last game of the one of the uh the one o'clock hours. You know what's crazy? You know how many four twenty-five games there are? Two? One. One. There's one. No, there's two. Oh, yeah, there is two. It's actually the Jet game. It's the Jets, then it's the Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, game. there's two. What the fuck, NFL? Anyway. Gee Willikers. The fuck. All right. So it's the Bears and the Panthers. And for the Bears, nothing as far as fantasy relevance is concerned on the injury report. So we will move on with the starter meter. And it's Nick Foles. Uh, five. David Montgomery. Seven. I don't love it. Um, Cordero Patterson. <sighs> Two. Allen Robinson. Eight. Anthony Miller. Two. Jimmy Graham. Six. Interesting. You're 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 coming around on uh, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Nick Foles likes him. Yeah, it's true. Nick Foles likes him when it comes down when they have to put some points on the board. Nick Foles does like him a lot. Yeah. All right. So for the Carolina Panthers, the only uh, player we got to think about here is Curtis Samuel, who is on the injury report. Um, he was practiced. He practiced on a limited basis on Thursday with the knee injury. 
um, worth monitoring what he does today on Friday to see if he's going to be playing on Sunday. So Teddy Bridgewater. Um, five. five. Mike Davis. Oh, Mike Davis, nine. 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 Reggie uh, Bonifon. Uh, negative 829. Robbie Anderson. Seven. Nah, eight. Eight. DJ Moore. Seven. And Curtis Samuel, if he plays. Two. Ian Thomas. Two. All right. Oh, boy. Jets, Dolphins. Wonderful. <laughs> the one game, the one game I bet you were uh, over the moon just wanting to talk about, itching to talk about. So, yeah. Sam Darnold's not playing. Yay. It's Joe Flacco. You know, Joe Flacco's undefeated against the Dolphins in his career. He's 6-0. Really? I'm knocking on wood. My wood desk, I'm knocking on it. But, yeah, he's 6-0 against the Dolphins in his career. Wow. He was asked, he was asked about it, actually, in the uh, in the practice press conferences on Wednesday. He's like, don't jinx it. But uh, I've had some really good teams whenever we've gone to uh, play Miami. And I'm like, well, wow, shots fired, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe he'll get more in rhythm with the offense with uh, with another week on the hel- under the helm because, I mean, this is a guy where he had just come back from a career-threatening neck injury and he hadn't thrown a ball in like a year. So in, a, in real game experience in a year. So maybe he'll be a bit better against Miami. Right. Um, and also it looks like Rashad Perriman could be uh, back in this game. He said he, he was feeling really good. Oh, hip, hip, hurrah, hurrah. Getting back into practice after being out for uh, for so long, and he, he's feeling good for Sunday. So there you Minor go. Minor miracle. But you're really not starting anybody on the Jets, except for J- Jameson Crowder. Yeah, Jameson Crowder's a PPR machine. You're, yep. you're starting him. Yeah. Although it'd be interesting to see what how uh, LaMichael Pirine uh, does in this game as the uh, the backup to Frank Gore. If he's given an opportunity. Well, you know, the the alleged offensive genius says that Michael P. Ryan is going to get a bigger role. So. We'll see about that. Yeah, we will see about that. All right. So for the Miami Dolphins, uh, they don't really have any fantasy relevant players on the injury report. So we can just go in and talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, six. Miles Gaskin. I think he's a six. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a six. We kind of know where he is. We've been hovering around that area that he's been ranking, that he's ranked throughout most of the of the uh, of the show, where it's just inside the top twenty-five. Where you're around Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, Darrell yeah. Anderson, Melvin Gordon, Devontae. Yeah, Gaskin's a, Gaskin's a borderline top twenty play for me. All right. Devontae Parker. Eight. Preston Williams. I can see him having a really, really good game. Yeah. Preston Williams. Mm, 
in deeper leagues like uh, six? Um, Mike Gesicki. I think he's a good, really good start. He's a really good start. Six. Okay. Okie dokie. Our penultimate game. It is the Green Bay Packers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As they say on uh, the NFL on Fox, it's America's game of the week. Because this game is actually going to be really good. It is, in fact, America's game of the week. I mean, by default, basically. Because the Jets game is on CBS. Um, yeah, so for the Green Bay Packers, it looks like Devontae Adams is going to be back. He really needed that buy to uh, to recover from that injury. Yeah. And good on him. Definitely. And I think Alan Lazard might be due back in a couple weeks also off of IR. Possible, yeah. So looking forward to that for uh, for Aaron Rodgers and the Packer fans and people that own Alan Lazard. So with that being said, Aaron Rodgers, where is he on your starter meter? Eight. Aaron Jones? Seven. No, eight. Eight. Jamal Williams? Two. Um, Devontae Adams? Eight. Marquez Valdez-Scandling? Five. Robert Tanyan? Eight. Yeah. All right. Eight. So, I, like, I like him a lot this week. Yeah. So for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looks like Chris Galvin's going to be back. Yep. Good news on that front. Scotty Miller is still on the, on the uh, injury report for them. Um, LaShawn, or yeah, LaShawn McCoy was limited in Thursday's practice with the ankle injury. And uh, Leonard Fournette was also limited in Thursday's practice with the ankle injury. And so was Mike Evans limited in practice with the ankle injury. What the heck? There's an ankle epidemic going on in Tampa Bay. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So what are you looking at here as far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Where is Tom Brady on your starter meter? Four. Ronald Jones, the second. Seven. I think it's a rock solid RB2. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I guess now we know that's that's Ronald Jones in uh, Tampa Bay until proven otherwise. Yeah, I'm shocked that he's got a stranglehold in this backfield. I really am. Well, I, I mean, basically his competition has been going down, going down hurt because uh, LaShawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette are both dealing with the ankle injuries. So, Yep, very true. And if either of them play, what what's their outlook? If Fournette plays like a three, McCoy plays like a one. Okay. Chris Godwin. Ooh. Um, if he plays, I would say he's like a seven. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans. There's no reason to sit Evans right now. Brady Unless loves him play. in the red zone. Like an eight. Okay. And then Scotty Miller, if he plays. Zero. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not taking it personally. I don't care. Scotty Miller. Um. Yeah. So Gronk. Um, three. 
and Cameron Brake. Two. Okay, we are on to our line, our final game. It's the Los Angeles Rams heading to Santa Clara, California to play the 49ers. You know what I would say at the end? Yeah. Instead of um, going through the defenses, I would just say if you want to have a comprehensive defensive review, uh, go to the uh, waiver show. Okay. That's good. good idea. So we're not talking about it again. Okay. That's fine. That's totally fine. Totally fine with that. All right. So the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. And there aren't any fancy players of note on the Rams injury report. Thank goodness. Let's talk about the team of committees where every position besides quarterback is a committee. Jared Goff, where is he on your starter meter? Four. Darrell Henderson. Seven. Cam Akers. Two. Malcolm Brown. Four. Cooper Cup. Oh, boy. Five. Where is Cooper Cup on these rankings? Cooper Cup is where is cooper cup he can't be this low he's probably higher he is at around oh my he's at eight on these fantasy pro rankings no thank you yeah he barely he barely cracks my uh my top 15 and robert woods is at 10 in those rankings which is i'm not crazy about either but at least Robert Woods can can like you know save his day with a long touchdown, like he has the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. So, um, yep. And then the tight ends: Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Higby's like a three. Everett's like a three. All right. And moving on to the San Francisco 49ers. The only thing we really got to worry about here is Jeff Wilson Jr., who is on the injury report. He did not practice Thursday due to a calf injury. So I guess it will be Raheem Mostert and Jet McKinnon in the 49ers backfield. I guess, I mean, regardless, I think that's just what it was going to be anyway. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. uh, is Jimmy G starting or is it going to be Nick or is it going to be CJ Beathard? I think it's going to be Jimmy G. I think <laughs> the key word here is think. Yeah. I mean, if, if CJ Beathard starts, how much of a downgrade is that for the rest of the 49ers? I would say it's a downgrade for everyone. That's not Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Well, we saw George Kittle go off with Nick Mullins. So yeah, but it wasn't CJ Beathard. True. It's different. True. Nick Mullins is the third string quarterback. True. Uh, everyone benefits if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he's garbage. Yeah, it's true. All right. And then, so you're rating for Raheem Mostert. Nine. All right. And Jarek McKinnon. Two. Brandon Ayuk. Four. Debo Samuel. Four. George Kittle. Ten. All right. So for a more detailed look at how we how we feel about defenses, you can check out the waiver show where we will give you more in-depth coverage on that and 
we don't like repeating ourselves here on the basement talk podcast fantasy show. So you can definitely listen to that and see our in-depth thoughts on defenses that you, there are good streams and uh, defenses that you should be playing uh, going into Sunday and Monday's games and potentially Tuesday, depending on how everything uh, goes. So thank you for listening to this episode of the basement talk podcast fantasy show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Vanilla, the Fantasy Show, and the Quizvitational on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Please leave us a five-star review, like, comment, follow, whatever you got to do to keep updated on all episodes coming off of the Basement Talk Podcast Network. So do that, definitely. For my co-host, Ed Birdstall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will see you on Monday for the next episode of the basement talk podcast fantasy show please 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 enjoy the first football sunday in retrograde bye bye